This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, could we soon see a Department of Water in the federal government? An upcoming chance for federal employees to learn more about how to operate in a hybrid work environment. And the Pentagon wants to know more about service members' experiences with sexual assault and harassment in the military. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Presidential advisors are calling for the creation of a Department of Water to confront what they say are rapidly evolving water crises. The National Infrastructure Advisory Council on Monday approved new recommendations aimed at shoring up U.S. water infrastructure. Their report addresses challenges ranging from water shortages and quality issues to climate change and workforce. The council is calling for the development of a national water strategy to be led by the new agency or a similar cabinet-level entity. The Postal Service sees its net losses deepening this fiscal year. USPS reports a $549 million net loss for July. So far this fiscal year, USPS is looking at a nearly $5.8 billion net loss. The agency projected a $3.3 billion net loss for this point in the fiscal year. USPS has seen less than a half percentage point increase in its revenue compared to the same point last year, despite the agency approving rate increases in July and January. USPS no longer expects to break even in fiscal 2023, as it previously expected in its 10-year reform plan that began more than two years ago. The Department of Veterans Affairs is reinstating a health care worker it fired and giving her more than two years of back pay. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. A former VA nursing assistant in Long Beach, California, will soon have her old job back after a third-party arbitrator finds the department improperly fired her. The arbitrator says the employee followed procedures when she went on medical leave, but the VA marked her as absent without leave and used that as grounds for her removal. The arbitrator found the VA lacked evidence for the employee's removal and is awarding her two and a half years' worth of back pay. The American Federation of Government Employees represented the employee. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. VA is taking a second look at a contract award that had more than $100 million spread between two competitors. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has those details. The two bidders seeking to provide the Veterans Affairs Department with file-to-file conversion services were $158 million apart in price. The losing bidder, GovCIO, called foul, filing a protest with the Government Accountability Office. GovCIO says not only would VA pay a premium to General Dynamics IT to scan documents into searchable PDFs, but VA also failed to evaluate their bid properly. Now VA is taking corrective action by reevaluating proposals for this $400 million contract and making a new decision. GAO has since dismissed the protest. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. Existing small business multiple award contracts, including popular government-wide acquisition contracts, are feeling the effects of the District Court for the Eastern District of Tennessee's ruling about the 8A program. The General Services Administration says for any 8A sole source contract awarded after July 19th and any new directed task orders under 8A STARS 3 or similar multiple award contract, the vendor will need to have an affirmative finding of social disadvantage. GSA says in an acquisition alert that competitive awards under GWACs or MACs, however, will not require an affirmative finding. 
Federal employees and managers have more opportunities coming up to learn strategies for working in a hybrid environment. The Office of Personnel Management has announced three free training sessions for feds in the coming months. They'll take place in Baltimore, Boston, and Seattle, all in person. The trainings cover best practices for employee engagement, productivity, and more among a workforce that's operating both in person and virtually. High Earning Thrift Savings Plan participants have a little more time to make pre-tax catch-up contributions. Federal News Network's Drew Freeman explains why. The IRS is delaying implementation of changes coming from the Secure 2.0 Act. Congress passed legislation last December aiming to make it easier for TSP participants and those in other 401k programs to save for retirement. Currently, TSP participants ages 50 and older, regardless of income, can make catch-up contributions $7,500 above the annual limit, either pre- or post-tax. But one provision of Secure 2.0 intends to limit those who earn more than $145,000 annually to only Roth or after-tax catch-up contributions. But after warnings from many employers and organizations about the short turnaround, the IRS announced a two-year transition period for implementation. The change from Secure 2.0, originally planned for 2024, now will not take effect until 2026. Drew Friedman, Federal News Network. Service members have an opportunity to let Pentagon leaders know about their experiences with sexual assault, sexual harassment, and gender discrimination in the military. DOD launched its biannual workplace and gender relations survey at the end of July. It will get feedback from about one million randomly selective service members. That's roughly half of the combined active duty and reserve force. The survey helps DOD leaders improve and develop policies and programs to support service members. The survey is voluntary, and DOD will publish the results next spring. DOD's new technology initiative to compete with China will involve small, relatively cheap unmanned systems produced in under two years. Deputy Secretary of Defense Kathleen Hicks outlined the plan for the program Monday. She said the unmanned systems will depend on cutting-edge technology that makes the drones easily replaceable. Hicks, along with the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, will supervise the program. It will work with DOD's chief technology officers and the Defense Innovation Unit to design and produce new systems. Meanwhile, Customs and Border Protection looks to technology to help take care of its workforce. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday has the details. CBP is seeking a vendor to build a mobile application that provides mental health resources to the agency's 64,000 employees. The agency released a request for proposals earlier this month for the Workforce Care Technology mobile application. CBP says its employees often struggle to access mental well-being resources. The mobile app will be available to CBP employees and their families. The deadline for initial proposals is August 30th. Justin Doubleday, Federal News Network. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast and subscribe to the Federal Newscast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Eric White. Thank you.